everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I am Matt. And the season is almost here. After last year's offseason that just never ended, it feels weird to almost be in football playing time again. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like it's been long enough. When does, uh, well, camps aren't already open, are they? No, ours will start in uh, early August, I think, like August 5th or something. So, yeah, we're less than... But that's next than, week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shoot, I guess so. Right around the corner. It's good, it's good, yeah. Starting to feel real. Yeah, we're about a week and a month away from our first game. And that's exactly what we'll be doing on this episode, is taking a look at the 12 games we have on our schedule and talking about these different teams that we'll face, at least how they look coming into the year from an off-season point of view. First up is probably not the best team, you know, to to break in your new quarterback against the SEC's own Mississippi State Bulldogs on their own in Starkville. Uh, well, man. I I, the consensus must be that we're going to lose this game. Well, look, it feels like no matter how bad they are, how good we are, we're just going to lose to them by 45 points, and that's just the way it is. I don't know how good Mississippi State was last year. What was their record? Not very they were four and seven. So they weren't terrific. And I don't know what the outlook is on their team this season, but yeah. yeah. I mean, these yeah. are the teams that they beat last year. They opened up the season against number six LSU coming off a national championship and beat the Tigers 44 to 34 in Tiger Stadium. Then they also beat Vanderbilt, Missouri. And then in the Armed Forces Bowl, they beat number 24 Tulsa. And those are their four wins. So not super duper impressive. Also not very impressive is our record against them throughout the course of history. We have three wins to their 11 in our 14-game series. They are currently on a four-game winning streak. The first loss of that four-game losing streak is a game I was at, and we had the ball tied at the end of the fourth quarter in field goal range, and Nick Isham decided to throw an interception instead of, you know, just, he decided to throw it. I think he did. I think he, I think he did. To throw and it happened to be an no. interception. He I think wanted, he did. He, he said, "Fuck that kid it. who's in my biology class. I'm throwing a pick right now." <laughs> That's what he said. He wanted to get. He wanted to kickstart his very bad professional music career. <laughs> what and better way is, to do it? And it is very bad. So yeah. just as bad as his professional music career was, the Mississippi State Bulldogs offense was probably also at about that level. Um, Evan, I see you have some numbers here. Um, they're passing. I mean, so they last year was their first year under Mike Leach, who, if you know anything about college football, you know he he's the pirates. air raid guy. Yeah. Uh, he really he, does. Uh, the man's got an obsession with pirates. He, yeah, uh, apparently. The I don't know that. Pirates? No, like actual pirates. I'm not inferring that Mike Leach is sexually attracted to pirates. <laughs> you heard it. But now you are. I'm merely, uh, <laughs> I'm merely alluding to he has a fascination with the uh, – with the folklore of pirates. Anyway, Evan, yes, Mike Leach. Yeah. Air so, raid. you know, with with Mike Leach's air raid in the first year of that system, they put up 296 passing yards per game, which was good for 20th in the nation. But they ran for 43.9 yards uh, per game. That is which out of 127 teams in FBS last season, Matt, you want to guess what uh, what place that was? 124th. 127th. Dead last, God. Yeah, so not great. Um, and they only put up twenty one point four points per game, which for that high powered, high octane offense, that is not Not good. That's high octane stuck in third gear. 
Yeah, that's that's a hundred and nine. Did they even get to third gear? Yeah. <laughs> right? No, they didn't even get out of the garage. <laughs> Changing offensive philosophies in a COVID year is difficult mm-hmm. to do. And I guess I guess we should say that up front too. Like we're going to be going through a lot of 2020 stats, and of course, like except for one of our teams. Who? Yeah. Huh. Well, who? Who the fuck knows what we're supposed to take away from 2020? Right. Not Just much. like in life in general, except for oh, yeah. Nathan and I's marriages to women, yeah. not each other. To be clear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> They're going to have to be patient with Mike Leach and his recruiting. That being said, he's had a whole year to kind of get the system working so they could be a very different looking offense this year and hopefully they'll keep their defense right where it is if you're a Mississippi State fan uh 58th in the country when it comes to points allowed per game which is not exactly what you want if you're Mississippi State but if you have an air raid offense that actually raids the air and scores points then a 58th ranked defense is probably not the worst um they allowed 263 yards through the air per game 126 on the ground so 23rd best rushing Jeez. defense in the country, 105th best passing defense in the country. Um, all good, again, for that 58th ranked defense. If their offense can figure it out, they could be a good team, even before the SEC adds a couple more guys. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I think the key like the key thing is they've got a full offseason, not like spring practice was canceled in 2020, and it wasn't this year, and so... Mike Leach had more time with the guys in the offseason to like install his offense and um, players kind of know what to expect going into it. And you got to figure that they'll take a step forward potentially Um, or get drastically worse in our favor. Yeah. I mean, that would be great. Or at least take some time to to heat up. I think would be the best option is they lose against tech and then go undefeated. (laughs) And they meet in the natty eye. Yeah. Too bad the expanded playoffs don't exist yet. Yes. Anyway, one other thing that we're going to do with each of these teams is pick an X factor on both sides of the ball. I've got first up on the offense for Mississippi State. Uh, Matt, do you want to guess who my X factor is? You know this guy's name. I don't know a single player that plays for Mississippi State. Does the name uh, Jack Abraham sound familiar? Oh, yeah. I forgot Jack Abraham went to uh, Mississippi. How do you upgrade? Uh, Good question. <laughs> but he's apparently really impressed in fall camp. There's a way where he could start week one, and if he doesn't, he may come in at QB2 if, if they're kind of putting the heat on us or if they're still trying to figure out which guy they want to be the starter. And so just seeing that name means that it'd be nice to beat the pants off of him again. Can Amik play again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, man. if he's why is he your X-Factor then? Do you think he's going to come off the bench and throw 75 touchdowns? Yes. 75. <laughs> Exactly. 75. Exactly. You got my prediction right on the nose. And just because I kind of want him to be so that we can upset Mississippi State and Jack Abraham again and send them home. I guess they're already home. Send us home happy. <laughs> no, it's so bad that we trade municipalities. <laughs> I wouldn't want that. Yeah, no, I don't think any of us would. Uh, but yeah, Evan, you got a defensive guy? Yeah, real fast. Um, my guy is a actually a transfer from UCF. He's a defensive end, Randy Charlton. He comes in, he had 68 total tackles and 12 and a half tackles for loss and four sacks over three seasons with the Golden Knights. So nothing too eye-popping there, but I think um, you know, it's kind of a fresh start situation and he's expected to be a starter. I think he's impressed in in spring ball as well. Um, kind of like our old boy Jack Abraham did. So, um, you know, definitely watch out for him coming off the edge. 
Yeah. And then the second team that we'll face is one that I'm a little afraid of and someone who I or a team that I think that we'll need to watch out for. And that's southeastern Louisiana. I'm with you on this one. The yes, rice yes, the rice thing I don't get, man. But the southeastern fear, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, they I'm, I'm back on this rice game, but we don't play them until the last week of the season. <laughs> so we'll have to wait for to get my conspiracy theories on that. But yeah. <laughs> The last time that we played the Lions was in 2008. The Bulldogs won 41 to 26. All time, we are 28 7 and two ties against the yeah. team from Hammond, Louisiana. We played a lot because we were both in the um, the same league back in the D2 days, back in the like 30s through 60s. The, the 1930s through 60s, right? Not, we're not looking ahead to the SEC. Uh, oh, God. Breaking everything oh, no. up and us going back to D2. Yeah, uh, anyway, man. a bigger fear than that right now is the fact that Southeastern is coming off a 2020 record where, yeah, they finished four and three, but they were number 20 in FCS football last year. Yeah. So FCS did the whole spring league last year. And um, Southeast, here's why Southeastern's scary. Let me just get this out of the way. Uh, yards per play 6.46, which was eighth in the fcs which is that's out of 97 teams that played in the spring last season so um passing yards per game though here's here's where it gets um frightening 391.9 that's second in fcs um rushing not quite as good 116 yards per game um and then points per game they scored almost 40 every single game so that's kind of where it gets scary it's like this offense is potent um, I'll go ahead and give my X factor now since we're talking about the offense, but their quarterback Cole Kelly won the Walter Payton award last year, which I believe is billed as the FCS Heisman. Sometimes, um, he threw for 371 yards per game with 12 touchdowns and four picks. I don't know if you guys know this, but Walter Payton was very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this guy won the award named after that guy. Yes. So he threw for 371 yards per game and, yeah, uh, he's a 2021 FCS first team All-American preseason. Um, also, this is the same guy. You may recognize his name. He used to play at Arkansas, but then transferred out in 2019. Kelly, not Walter Payton. Yeah. Yes. Cole, Cole <laughs> Kelly, yes. Um, and he's been at Southeastern for a few years, and it really seems like they've got that system working offensively. But luckily, uh, before we get too down in the dumps here, Nathan, tell me about their defense. Yeah, again, there are 97 FCS teams. Yards per play, they ranked 93rd. Passing yards per game, they ranked 89th. Rushing yards per game, 91st. They allowed Ooh. 245 <laughs> rushing yards per game. Yeah. Tech's going to win this game. I can't even fathom that. I'm, I don't understand these football teams where they're so heavy towards one or the other. There's no balance. Yeah, you, it's, you, either, you either have an insanely good offense and a horseshit defense or vice versa. It's so well, they have an insanely puzzling. good offense because of that guy that Evan just talked about, Cole Kelly, yeah. the quarterback. Sure. Without him, I don't I think they have a middle of the pack offense and a lesser tier defense. But because they have a game changer at the QB position, that's so important in football yeah. that allows them to get away with this just atrocious defense. And it is atrocious. Yeah, and points per game, they allowed 36.4 points per game, which was 88th in the FCS ranking. And again, they scored 39.6 points per game. So that's why they were only 4-3 and three in FCS. Because, yeah, they scored a lot, but they gave up a lot of points as well. 
Boo. Uh, but Evan went ahead with his X Factor, so I'll go ahead with mine. My pick is, and depends on if you're which page you're looking at as to the position, it's either a defensive lineman or a linebacker. Darius Harry, he led Southeastern in sacks last year with two and a half in the seven games, which is not all that impressive, but he was a redshirt freshman. Actually, this year, I believe, is technically his redshirt freshman year because of how COVID worked. So this guy is young and getting better. If Tech's offensive line hasn't gelled by the second game of the year, because, again, we have so many transfers coming in, listen to last week's episode about that, then this is a guy that can take advantage of that inexperience playing together. Yeah, and one more note about Southeastern before we move on. Their coaching staff, uh, head coach is Frank Selfo, who was the Louisiana Tech offensive coordinator back in the often-mentioned 2008 season. Uh, for some reason, we're bringing that season up a lot here, but they also have um, Ross Jenkins as um, their special teams coordinator. That's you, crazy. And also Antonio <laughs> Baker as their safeties coach, who also played for Tech. And uh, there may be names here that I'm not recognizing, but those two jumped right off the page at me. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't even know Ross Jenkins was still in football. I would have thought he was working at a Waffle House. but uh... Damn. Congrats. So, <laughs> I'm not here for your Ross Jenkins <laughs> hatred, sir. Um, uh, I understand your endearment. The first time, the first Law Tech game I ever went to in my life, he was the quarterback. Yeah, I did he, also just realize this game is the day before one of my friends who went to Southeastern is getting married. So I'm looking forward to either getting shit talked to me or talking shit. No, get, drive your car through the venue if they win and uh, talk shit. <laughs> if they yeah. lose, drive your car off of a bridge. <laughs> that's fair that's a fair reaction there you go it seems rational to me so yeah i mean there, there's a lot of tech guys on this staff that i'm sure would love to come to rustin and you know leave with a victory um over their you know their old stomping ground so hopefully they do not get to celebrate on our field like northwestern did or, in 2014 you know what it works I, Apparently when Northwestern won, one of their coaches ran onto the field and did snow angels in the turf. <laughs> That's what my brother told me. He was he was watching the game and uh, said, yeah, someone's out in the field here doing snow angels. I really don't want Ross Jenkins doing snow angels on the state team. Yes, please. Or they win. <laughs> Ross Jenkins takes over Tech next year after Skip is fired and we win 12, 20 natties. So take what you can Ross get. Jenkins is the special teams coordinator. So that would well, be an interesting... Well, what's his, what, what's his face? The special teams coordinator for the Patriots became the head coach of the New York Giants. It's not That's, totally unlikely. The Patriots. So well, while we're talking about future coaches, let's talk about a past one. The Ooh. next game up is against Southern Methodist, where Tech oh. plays Sonny Dykes and the Mustangs. Ooh. The last time these two teams played was in 2017 in the Frisco Bowl, where Tech came away the victors and a 51 to 10 blowout of a team God. that just barely was even there in Jamar's well, worst season. <laughs> and that was uh Sonny actually coached that game. Wasn't that his first official game coaching? Yeah. Game? He, he took yeah. over like a week before the game. And he, had, and he had no business coaching that game. No, he didn't even and know anyone's name. No. And <laughs> you had like a grad <laughs> assistant calling the plays. And <laughs> I, I went there really? to send up guys just based on Jersey number. Like, Oh yeah, you're wearing number 12. You're our quarterback now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just remembered the Snapchats between Evan and I. Oh, yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, but uh, SMU, I think, has much improved in that time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but Tech is 4-1 and one all time against SMU. But again, the Mustangs were 7-3 and three last year in 2020. So they were looking on the up and up, even though their quarterback 
Shane Bichelle is no longer on the team. They didn't really stop, or he may have been the reason why their offense was as great as it was. 6.57 yards per play, 13th in passing yards per game with 318th. Uh, about middle of the pack in rushing and 53rd yards per game when it comes to the rankings. But points is really where they excelled as a team. They ranked 15th in the country with 38.6 points scored per game from their offense. Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a Sunny Dykes team, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said all yeah. that. I should not have been surprised. Yeah. And, and on the other side of the ball, I mean, we might be expecting these numbers to be a little bit worse, but they gave up 5.6 yards per play. They're 77th in passing yards per game allowed, uh, 81st in rushing, and 75th, so they allowed 31 points per game on defense. So uh, they'll give up some points too, but that's a good you know seven points lower than um, they scored. So that's kind of the Sunny Dykes way, right? You just you get into a shootout, and the last team to score wins, I guess. Yeah, but unsurprisingly, a Dykes team is not so great at returning production, and Dykes is still around as the head coach. Only 55% of the production returns for this year, which is 113th in FBS football. I guess he just couldn't find another job to, to jump ship to. Right. Oh, painful. Yeah. Well, not really. lost to Utah State last year. Not really, though, because he was a disaster at Cal. So, so are most people that go to Cal. Jared Goff's doing all right. Base God, bitch mob. <laughs> But yeah, in terms of X factors, I mean, it's a Sonny Dykes team. How could I ever find an offensive weapon to pick? Again, they're QBs out the door, so I'm going to pick a wideout that knows the offense that can help out whichever QB ends up winning the quarterback battle that they're in right now. So I'm going to pick wide receiver Rashi Rice, or Rashi Rice, in his two years with the Mustang, 73 catches for just over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. Pretty good. Pretty darn good. But yeah, I see Evan, even though he's picking the defensive player, added an honorable mention. Yeah, so they actually got a player that we're pretty familiar with. Uh, Trey Siggers from North Texas transferred into SMU this season. Um, he helped lead the Mean Green to the number one ranked rushing offense in the conference last season. And he will be um, trading in his green for the much better red and blue, but unfortunately the wrong red and blue this season. So um, outside of that, though, on the defensive side of the ball, their secondary should be pretty decent. Um, they were middle of the pack in yards per game last season, but they're returning three of their four starters and adding Florida transfer Jahari Rogers, who was a four star recruit going into the 2020 season, um, decided to transfer back home to the Dallas Fort Worth area. And uh, I'm I'm assuming this guy's going to be a pretty big star for them the next few years. And one more note about this game is that it's at home. Yeah. It's in Ruston. And it's not exactly hosting a P5. I mean, this is an American. Again, we'll see how conference affiliations change in the future. But for right now, they're an American team. And it still feels pretty great to host a team like that at Joe IA. Yeah, yeah I believe it's a home-and-home home series. So I think we go to SMU next season. So that pretty pretty cool. Right. I love it's, stuff like that, man. Let's get more of those on the. Well, on the, it is. It's a good. It's actually twenty twenty three that we return. Okay. To the Dallas it, area. It is a good. Uh, it is a good thing because party at my pro- house. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, the proximity it makes sense. Yeah, and they should play a lot I, more often. I was really surprised we'd only played five times, um, but I guess they were they were a much bigger team before they got the whole death penalty thing in the eighties. Um, so Only maybe express. Just, yeah, maybe they just weren't. It's, Scheduling little little old tech back then. I don't know. A good thirty for thirty. You should watch it. 
Well, yeah, I will not. What I'm kind of intrigued by is that we're playing two teams back-to-back from the DFW area and playing them both at home because next up is North Texas, the main green on September 25th, a team that we've been pretty good against, at least recently. Back in 2020, we beat them 42-31, to and that extended our win streak against the Mean Green to three. All-time record against North Texas, 12-7, and and North Texas not coming off of their best year in recent memory, finishing 2020 with a 4-6 and record. But their offense was kind of their strong suit, wasn't it, Evan? Yeah, uh, I was actually real surprised by these numbers. Um, Yards per play, 6.6, which is pretty good. But then they're 25th in passing yards per game, 283. And the rushing yards per game, like I said, they were the best rushing team in our conference. 230 per game, that's 13th in all of FBS. They also put up an average of 34.4 points, which was 23rd in uh, the nation. So really potent offense, which... Seth Luttrell, when he had uh, who Harrell as his offensive coordinator, they had a really potent offense, but that's been missing for a few years. And Seth Luttrell kind of feels like he's washed, but then you see these offensive numbers, and it's like, man, if they can just get a defensive coordinator in there, maybe they're they're right back to being in the hunt for the top of the conference. Yeah, they really need that defensive coordinator because last year they finished the season and just skipping to the end here, points per game. 125th in college football. They allowed 42.8 points per game in 2020. Wow. Yeah. It's almost statistically harder to accomplish that than it is to actually be good. Yeah. (laughs) And they were so bad that they had to convince a guy to unretire from coaching. (laughs) Phil Bennett is their new defensive coordinator. He spent the last three seasons not doing anything. He's 65 years old. He earned a three-year vacation, but they got him to come out and be their new defensive coordinator. And really the issue that they struggled against was the run. Uh, Passing-wise, these aren't great numbers, but they allowed 253 yards per game. That's 93rd in the country. But again, they struggled holding back the rush attack of the other teams. 269.2 yards allowed per game on the ground, 124th were best which is i mean at that point you're just practically worst in college football at at keeping back the run they can use some new blood when it comes to a defensive coordinator position yeah (laughs) Uh, luckily for them 68 percent of their team returns that's about middle of the pack really when it comes to their defense for the x-factor guy there's only one guy that they had last year that was really worth anything uh sorry for people that could easily beat me up and that's defensive tackle Dion Novel. Novel? Sure. He was first team all-conference USA last year, and he has plenty of experience. And by the way, he made his debut against Louisiana Tech all the way back in 2017. So that's what I mean by plenty of experience. Also, speaking of that Tech-North Texas game in 2017, you should read the last blog post on the GTPDD blog because that game gets singled out. At the Only end if of you want to be sad. Which, if yeah, you're a tech fan, you definitely want to be sad. So go check it out. If you want to be feel lucky about your situation in life, just wait till this Friday because it will be a little more optimistic. Um, yeah, but North Texas, like I mentioned, they lost Trey Siggers, their leading running back, but their top two other running backs from last season, DeAndre Torrey and Oscar Attaway, uh, will be back, and they both combined for 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. So that's not bad for your two and three guys is the right tackle. He was second team all conference last season and 
um, on a team that led the league in rushing and was 13th overall in rushing in the nation. I mean, that's he's a key piece of that success. So um, he will he will be a big factor this season as well. Yeah. And then Tech finally travels on the road after only playing one road game up to that point. All the way to North Carolina, where they'll play the North Carolina State Wolfpack, a team that we've gotten to know pretty well in baseball after the Reston Regional. Rest in peace. Yeah. And also rest in peace was our 2013 season, the last time we played the Wolfpack and mm. lost 40 to 14. Yikes. I remember our only that. time playing. Yeah, that's the only NC time. State. I remember uh, this that will well. be the first game I'll be at this year, assuming viruses aren't an issue. And. Hopefully I'll see Tech pull out a surprise victory over a ACC team that finished the year 8-4 and four last year. You will not. I will probably not. I'll yeah. be, may have better luck at the second game that I'll travel to. This one feels like the most definite loss we have on our schedule, to me. Um, North Carolina State is is being picked by some people to like contend in the ACC, uh, <laughs> which is pretty scary. So... Um, their offense last year, pretty good, better at passing the ball. They were 36th in the nation, um, rushing the ball. They only put up 122 yards per game, which was, um, 107th, but they scored a lot of points, 30.2, um, and had 5.54 yards per play. So yeah, I mean, they were decent last season and it felt, I think it felt to a lot of people like they never really hit their complete stride last year, which a lot of teams didn't in 2020. So yeah, and meanwhile, on the defensive side of the ball, middle of the pack pretty much all around, 76th ranked passing defense, 75th ranked rushing defense, all good for 29.2 points per game allowed, which was 62nd in the country, and just was at point, or 1.0 points fewer than they scored Yeah, as a team. Uh, but jumping back to the offensive side of the ball, you mentioned they never really found that strive, and really the biggest reason why was because of turnovers. And they kind of settled on the explanation for that issue halfway through the year because quarterback Bailey Hockman stopped being their number one guy for a bit, and Devin Leary kind of took over. Hockman is off to Middle Tennessee, but he threw 13 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. And then when Devin Leary took back over, it was eight touchdowns to two interceptions. So if Leary can keep the interceptions under control, which he was able to do last year when he took over for Hawkman, then Devin Leary could be the guy who brings NC State to the ACC promised land, which is, I guess, losing to Clemson in the <laughs> ACC final. But he's also my X factor to watch out for. Yeah, I mean, when I said they were going to contend, I mean, they might look like they'll threaten Clemson for a week or two and then and they'll then play Clemson and it'll all, be, it'll all come crashing down. But uh, my X factor on the defensive side of the ball is Tyler Baker Williams, who was actually recruited as a wide receiver, but then uh, I guess couldn't catch the ball if Kirk Herbstreet on my 2013 NCAA video game is to be believed um, and became a nickel corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got that reference. Anyway, he transitioned to nickel corner and has thrived for the Wolfpack um, ever since. And uh, just to show that off, last season he had eight pass breakups, 60 tackles, and one interception. So um, definitely an X-factor to look out for on the edge um, with whichever of our quarterbacks is passing the ball in this game. Yeah, and so that's five games into the year. Now we reach our bye week, which is just about in the middle of the year, and where the let's all go to the lobby chant starts in the podcast. Brings back memories. And maybe bringing back some memories is our travel to El Paso the week after our bye. 
play UTEP in the Sun Bowl. UTEP's kind of been a bottom-of-the-barrel team in Conference USA and really FBS football and even probably college football. You can loop in the Jesus rest of the Christ, Sun Conferences Nathan. below that. Yeah, I'm, just I'm saying this now. So when they, when they beat us, they have locker room fodder, I guess. Um, Tech only barely squeaked out a win in 2020, though, against the Miners. 21-17. to 17. Tech has not lost in the past eight times these two teams have faced and are 14-2-1 and one yep. all time against so UTEP. So, wait, Skip's never lost to UTEP? Sure hasn't. Well, now that I've said that, it's... Yeah, it's just... I think the last time we talked about Skip not losing to a team, it's t- Skip has never lost in the state of Texas to a CUSA school and then immediately did. So, <laughs> let's keep the, our, those thoughts to ourselves. Yeah, the last time yeah. Tech lost, Jack McNell was the coach for the Bulldogs back in 2004. I guess it didn't go Jack. It didn't go Jack Bickwell. God damn it. <laughs> Their offense was a little better than I expected, honestly. They they put up five yards per play, 5.17. Um, 82nd in passing and 89th in rushing, so not sub-100 in those categories for probably the first time mm-hmm. in a decade. Um, and then 23 points per game. So, uh, 103rd, not great there, but, um, overall it seems like they're heading in the right direction. Yeah. But I, I don't want to pile on them too much. Cause I think it was a little too mean earlier, but heading in the right direction is pretty much the only direction you could head once you're yeah. at rock well, bottom. Y- yeah, you're right. And you're their right. defense was the strength of the team last year though. Uh, 6.11 yards per play allowed 74th best passing defense only allowing 241 yards per game. 39th best rushing defense. That's something. 140 yards per game allowed. (coughs) Points per game. Again, they scored 23 points per game. They allowed 31, which was 76th best in the country. So a middle-of-the-pack defense, but when you match that that up with a below-average offense, you don't end up with a very good team, and that's why they ended the year 3-5. and But they do return 63% of their production, over last year, which again begs the existential question of is it good to return bad players or not? I still think so, but that's 86th best in the country. Uh, but offensive side of the ball, Evan, who's your X factor? Yeah, it's got to be the running back. Uh, oh gosh, Cordrays Wadley, <laughs> I think is how you say his name. Um, Try again, Cordrays. Yeah. Anyway, Wadley, the running back, returns from a toe injury that had him out in 2020. Um, that's a name I recognize from previous seasons when we played them, but, um, he should be the feature back coming up this season in his career. He's got just over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns, uh, just about 4.7 yards per carry. Um, so he'll be their, their workhorse back and they like to run the ball. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. And of course, by mid October, we'll know a lot about them, a lot more about them than we do now. Yeah, I feel like the reason why we recognize his name so well is because he first played Louisiana Tech back in 2016. With Are UTEP. you serious? Yeah. His God. freshman year, he start, or he didn't start, but he came off the bench a few times. He had four rushes for 15 yards against wow. Tech back in 2016. That's but amazing. Yeah, uh, defensive side of the ball, though. Um, really, my hope is that Tech has figured out the offensive line by the <laughs> sixth game of the season, hopefully. Again, we have all these transfers, and I think that things will go well, but I'm a little worried about them all gelling together and everything. Because if they aren't playing as a unit, defensive end praise Amawol, is I think how you say it. He will, I wrote in the notes, eat Tech's lunch, 
but he'll probably eat Tech's breakfast and dinner as well. He had three and a half sacks and four pass breakups, not on the year, just against Tech last year. Yeah, that oh. if I remember correctly, that was the first game where uh, it was our what fifth game of the season, fourth game of the season, and that was the first time where it was like, holy shit, our offensive line is bad. Because against BYU, our whole team was just out outclassed the whole time. But and before that, was that the first we played time. Houston Baptist, which was yeah. the FCS school that we beat pretty handily, no matter if we had an offensive line or not. And then before that was the one point win against Southern Miss. So yeah, yeah that was a a telling game. For and our this offensive guy was line. pretty much single handedly the downfall of our of our offense the rest of the season because teams just watched tape of him and were like, oh, we can do that too. So. Yeah, hopefully we've got it figured out, like you said, because I don't want to watch that again for a whole season, please. Yeah, yeah, the replays are already playing in my nightmares. I don't need to see it again in real life. Ah, uh, yes, pain. Speaking of pain, let's talk about our one-point loss last year against UTSA, because that's who's next on the schedule docket. <sighs> Is that's right, McCormick last... still on UTSA? That's the only thing I want to know about them. <laughs> Good question. I already, yeah, I already know last the year... to that, but yes, <laughs> yeah. go ahead. Tech lost 27 to 26 on the road in San Antonio, I believe. Yep. Uh, all time against the Roadrunners, Tech is 7 and 2. That's a pretty good record to have against another team, even if they only joined the FBS ranks in, I believe, nine this years century. ago. <laughs> yeah, this decade even. Yeah. Um, but in 2020, UTSA was 7 and 5. And along with Tech and UAB in the running for the conference, at least the West Division Championship up until that final weekend. Yeah. And the key to that was probably their defense, but their offense wasn't that bad either. 5.76 yards per play, 90th best passing attack, which is not great, but rushing the ball, like you said, Sincere McCormick is really what got it done for them. 19th ranked rushing attack and 215.4 yards per game on the ground. Mm. That's a lot. And then 28.2 points scored per game. That's 67th best in the country. But really, it was their defense that got things done. Yeah, I mean, they're they're right around, you know, the top half-ish in all these categories. They're 221 passing yards per game allowed is 49th, 60th in rushing yards per game, and 41st in points. So they scored 28 points, and they allowed 25. So, you know, it's not like top five defense like UAB's is, but it's like, you know, really, really solid, and that'll win you some football games, especially in a league like ours. So they return about 79% of their production which is 27th in the nation and in this case that is that is a good thing for them because it's their head coach's second season and in 2020 they were already a lot better than they have been so to get that much of his guys back for year two that they're gonna be you know they're gonna be big i can see why people are picking them to win the west division for sure if i was a media member voting at the conference season poll i would vote for utsa to win the west division we're not doing predictions or anything yet but that's just who i think has the best chance right now and so it surprises me to see uab picked to win it with them getting 15 votes to win it compared to nine for utsa but most of that comes down to that running back that name that evan said earlier that we're all afraid of sincere mccormick coming into the year at least without a doubt the best running back in conference usa and possibly in college football which is a bold claim, but I'm sticking to it. I mean, he's real good. So yeah, yeah, that it feels like a bold claim to say anyone's the best in college football, especially when they play in Conference USA. But he kind of has the numbers to back it up. The guy who took the rushing title for the most 
yards in a year last year played an additional game. And had they played the number, same number of games, I think McCormick would have taken the title. But against Tech specifically last year in that one-point victory for the Roadrunners, he ran the ball 37 times, which is a lot. Eventually, you got to figure, they're giving him the ball. Stop him. But the Bulldogs couldn't. He ran for 165 yards. That's 4.5 yards per carry and three touchdowns against the Bulldogs. And that wasn't even his best game. And the second last game he played last year against North Texas, he ran the ball 23 times for 251 yards. That's nearly 11 yards per carry and two touchdowns. Wow. Sincere McCormick is an amazing running back. And I hope he just chooses to take the week off. I think you guys are sucking this man's chode a little too much. He's doing it against CUSA defenses. I mean, but we're I mean, a CUSA defense that has to face him. Maybe yeah. so, but the claim that he's one of the best running backs in college football, I think, is a little silly. Well, so fuck you, sincere McCormick. Sincerely, me. Yeah, I was waiting for that joke. Oh, well, someone had to say it. <laughs> what, what, what a spicy take. Spicy take. McCormick mm. makes spices. That's the joke. Oh, I'm going for. Oh. anyway. Oh, Before wow. I'm, I'm still wow. trying to find a way to work in my favorite lyric from Speakers Going Hammer. So uh, uh, I'll get did. back to you there. Well, well, Evan, while you're trying to be really smart about it, who's our defensive player to watch? Oh, my God. I'm going to pick a different one now just to <laughs> screw over your, your transitional joke. Um, no, uh, it, it's it's obvious. It's almost as obvious as Sincere McCormick is on the other side of the ball. It's safety Rashad Wisdom, which is the joke. Haha, but I'm... Aha. Um, uh, he had 95 tackles and four picks last season. Uh, I believe four picks was tied for the top in the whole conference. Um, he also had 10 tackles and a pass breakup against Tech and was named first team all conference. So he is a bad, bad man. And I believe last season was only his sophomore year. So that's not great for us moving forward. But uh, yeah, UTSA is good, man. It would not surprise me if they won the conference. And that sucks. Or was the most last year by any conference USA player. It was him and Gregory Gate Jr. out of Middle Tennessee. We got to move quickly to the next team, a team that does not rank high in Conference USA in any metric heading into the 2021 season. Tech travels to play the Old Dominion Monarchs in Norfolk, Virginia. And this will be the second game that I'll go to this year. And hopefully this one will end up better than how we think the North Carolina State game will go. Especially because their 2019 record, yeah, that's right, they didn't play in 2020, was 1-11. and 11. Huh. Yeah, uh, and then their, their 2020 stats, I'll read them out now. They're, let's just read their 2019 stats, because that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, 2019 though, 4.06 yards per play on offense. That's real bad, best. by the way. I don't have the rankings because it, it didn't sort that way, but like four four yards per play is real bad. That's like bottom three of FBS probably. 112th best passing yards per game, 124th best rushing yards per game, 127th best points per game in 2019. 16.3. Yeah, ouch. Yeah, Gosh. and defensively... We're only halfway done. Yeah, defensively they were better in 2019. Um, allowed 5.6 yards per play, 61st and 55th best in passing and rushing, respectively. And then they gave up 29.8 points per game, which was 79th. But when you're only scoring 16, that's not going to get it done. So hence the 1-11 record. Um, we don't know how much production they have returning because 
I don't know how we were supposed to measure that. And people left after 2019 and then also yeah. left after 2020. So to compare 2019 returning production numbers to 2020 returning production numbers from all these other schools would be unfair to Old Dominion. But yeah, yeah. it's not the same team that went 1-11, Hope- but at the same time... Hopefully the score that occurs on October 20th will be unfair to Old Dominion as well because this team seems real bad. Flags on them. It's also <laughs> October 30th, by the way. Oh, oops. Because the next day is Halloween, so I hope I don't get too scared in Norfolk. <laughs> that might Norfolk yeah, nor- you up. Anyway, yeah, we normally pick X factors, but I have no clue. I don't think Evan has any clue. Uh, I don't. And this team wasn't very good anyway, so it's kind of hard to judge who the best player was two years ago that make an impact this year. Yeah. Now, if they can get that guy from their baseball team to somehow be as good at football as he was at baseball, then then I'll be scared. But And now I'm sad. Anyway, speaking of being sad, the next game is uh, at UAB. Uh, this will be in their new stadium, though, not Legion Field. So um, hopefully we can turn around our recent bad luck out there. Um, the new gray lady. Yeah. Hopefully less gray and more ladylike. Well, I don't know what that means in context of a stadium, but <laughs> I don't really appreciate your microaggressions, bro. <laughs> uh, the last the time we played, we were not sad. <laughs> the last time we played, we were not sad. We won 37 to 34 in double overtime. Yeah, Stop, we were not sad, but uh, they were very salty. Yeah, they, they I, I bet we're going to hear about it going into this game, too about how they they actually won uh or whatever last season they went six and three i believe they won the west and then lost to marshall is that right in the title game wait did they win the conference last year yep. they did oh my god i literally blocked that from my memory wow yeah i was like i thought you guys were just taking the piss no i legitimately forgot that yeah they won oh yeah uab's offense last year was just about as gross as ever um, they were really good at running the ball, really bad at passing the ball. They were really boring to watch and stupid and ugly. Um, <laughs> Jesus, they were 88th in passing uh, yards per game thir- or 29th in rushing yards per game. And they scored 28.4 points per game, which was 65th in the nation. Um, but as usual, it was their defense that made them a good team. Uh, Nathan, you want to, you want to take me through that real quick? Yeah, like most dragons, they're more about defending their gold than they are about actually doing things that are meaningful to society. Okay. 4.69 yards per play. Time to resign from GTPDD. <laughs> um, yeah, defensively, UAB, it was their pass defense that really spoke up. Seventh best in the country, 173.2 passing yards allowed per game, which is really good. That's really uh, rushing good. Rushing-wise. They were good, but not great. 137.9 yards allowed per game rushing-wise. That's 35th in the country. And they allowed 21.4 points per game. That's 26th best in the country. But here's the good news. Only 55% of their production on both sides of the ball combined returns. That's 114th best in the country. Finally, those 55-year-old men are off campus for the Blazers. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, that's got to be their lowest percentage like in – yeah, recent program history 12 year seniors cannot yeah. come back yeah so anyway on that on that stellar defense you just got through uh mentioning they did lose um some of their production like you said 55 percent returning for the team overall but they also add an offensive line or jesus an outside linebacker from uh lsu senior transfer justin thomas um he never really fit in on that lsu defense so 
he doesn't have the best stats, but I mean, he's a, he was a highly touted recruit um, for the Tigers and he, uh, I believe he's from the Birmingham area. So he's coming back uh, close to home for his senior year, hoping to make a name for himself. So that's, that's my X factor on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. On the offensive side of the ball, two players that have tried, but kind of failed to make a name for themselves for the Blazers over the past few years, the quarterbacks. Bryson Lucero and Tyler Johnston III both have started, both have been that QB1, but neither have really been lights out. Again, it's really been over the past few years the defense that have carried UAB to their championships as the John May said John Mayer, as the John Madden saying goes. Hell yeah. Defense wins championships. <laughs> as the John Mayer saying goes. But yeah, with yeah. lots of turnover. John Mayer, noted defensive expert. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, they... Wow. They the fact that you did not pick Spencer Brown as their offensive X factor means he's gone. I assume. I think so because they've lost okay. a lot at running back and wide receiver this year. Dear God, please! I saw John Mayer in concert and he was very good at guitar, but his sappy lyrics make me want to burn my house down. Well, he is very good at guitar. I'll give him that. He is. Um, speaking of being good at guitar, Charlotte Forty Niners. That's the worst transition yeah. in the history anyway, of this podcast. Um, <laughs> it probably that's saying a lot. Not, it's probably, probably, not probably. That's just bad. It's not even funny. Bad. It was just bad. Yeah. Speaking of playing guitar, is the podcast title now? <laughs> what does it even mean? I, it didn't Speaking mean anything. Of playing guitar. It was just anyway. Thanks, anyway, Evan, Evan thinks he can play guitar now. Well, Evan may be a little confused because we're playing a team in Charlotte that we have never played before in football. I'm all out of sorts because of that. Evan, So maybe they're not a football team. Maybe they're a guitarist. Nobody knows. And like Evan, hopefully La Tech prefers rhythm over lead whenever we play the 49ers. I tried, guys. I gave it the best shot I could. Good save. Good save. Good save. Good save. You've been banned from the chat. (laughs) Um, Not my first. Not my last. But the 49ers last year only went two and four. They Why are they called even, the 49ers? We looked this up once. Something about but. gold in the Charlotte area? I don't know. Oh, fuck you, Charlotte. Apparently, the region does have a history as a gold mining center. So, anyway. Uh, well, and there's there's a bronze statue of a gold miner, which feels like a slight <laughs> on that man's memory. <laughs> Wearing a silver odd. medal. What an odd thing to say. And hopefully the 49ers will be wearing a silver medal after playing Louisiana <laughs> Tech, where we will come up with gold. Because the 49ers transition. have not been the best team over the past few years, but they've been a little underrated when it comes to com- some Conference USA teams. Because offensively, they were 75th in the country last year in points per game, which is not a high number, but just below middle of the pack, I guess. 5.54, excuse me, 5.45 yards per play, 222.8 Passing yards per game, 69th best in the country, 154.8 rushing yards per game, 74th best in the country. Again, those aren't great numbers, but they're not bad numbers when you're looking at a Conference USA offense. And their defense is kind of along similar lines too, right? Yeah, I mean, they were actually really good, uh, kind of like UAB in defending against the pass. Uh, 205 yards per game is 33rd in the nation. Uh, Rushing not quite as good. 214 yards per game, which is 109th, and they allowed 32 and a half points per game, um, which explains their two and four overall record. Um, they're only returning 56% of that production, um, so it may be a little bit of a rebuild year, but last year didn't go so well either, so we'll see. Huh. Yeah. Uh, 
X-Factor-wise, I picked the linebacker Tyler Murray because he, as a linebacker, both led the team in tackles and interceptions, and I know nothing yeah. else about Charlotte. So, yeah, that's <laughs> going to be my defensive pick. Yeah. I'm not even convinced that they actually have a football team still and that they're not just some random guitarist. But anyway, uh, stop trying to make your thing work. It didn't work the first try. It worked really better hard. that time. You have to give me that. It worked it better. That's a very low bar. It is a very low bar. <laughs> I will freely admit that. But um, so they've, they've got a, a returning quarterback, Chris Reynolds. They also got a transfer from Texas A&M named James Foster. They're going to battle in camp for the starting job, but I'm more worried about um, a guy who was one of their top four receivers last year, and it's tight end Thompson. Sometimes we have these random problems with like the third leading receiver on the team. Like I'm thinking that Marshall game you and I went to, uh, Nathan, where that random guy came back from injury and had like 180 yards receiving against us. So I'm worried about this guy. He's he's only like six foot two, I think, but. He had like 12 catches for almost 200 yards last season in that truncated season. So um, he's a he's a little bit of a of a threat for them, especially when they lost so much talent. Too bad Taylor Thompson's name isn't Tim Thompson because that's the name of an actual guitarist. Or it worked Tim out pretty Tim, well for you. Or Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> also, would have been just as good of a transition. They both have tools around their belt, just like the miners do with their pickaxe, I guess. Um, it's getting worse and worse. Yeah. Okay. We've got we got two games left to power through here, guys. We can do it. I believe hopefully in us. Southern Miss is getting worse and worse because we beat them in 2020, and hopefully <laughs> we can beat them again in 2021. Hey, hey fucking bravo, bud. That was good. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, I, I try. <laughs> but yeah, so last year, like I said, Louisiana Tech beat Southern Myth. Myth. Beats. I almost went to Southern the Methodist. Myth. The Southern Myth. <laughs> Wait, the I didn't know this was a lost legend, podcast. Whoever that coach was that he got fired after looking all goofy. Um, he didn't really help. And the Golden Eagles, 31 to 30, lost to the hands of Louisiana Tech. All time, though, Louisiana Tech does not have a good record against USM. I won't say it on the air, so that way it does not become canon in the history of this <laughs> podcast. But Southern Miss went 3-7 and seven last year in 2020. And a lot of that was just due to them not being very good on either side of the ball. Uh, in both points scored per game and points allowed per game, they're 87th best in points scored and 85th best in points allowed. So neither real side of the football working well for the Golden Eagles. But again, that's what happens when you have three different coaches throughout your year. Yeah, just not impressive. And I guess you can't blame them. Like you said, they had three different head coaches with their interim coach leaving because they weren't going to give him the full-time job. And uh, I don't know. It's a me- It was a messy situation for them. And um, if I didn't, you know, find joy in their sadness and failure, then I would feel sorry for them. But I do get happiness from their their failures, so I don't feel sorry for them at all. But hopefully we can continue our two-game win streak against them, um, you know, this season. Jay Hobson is now a defensive analyst at Mississippi State. An analyst? Yes. Um, what? What? <laughs> Anyway, who are the X factors in this in this game? <laughs> anyway, you said analyst. I said analyst. No, you did not. I don't think you did it, <laughs> bro. You said what? it's on tape. You said analyst. <laughs> I said Jay Hobson is now a defensive analyst at Mississippi yeah, State. Yeah, you analyst. Just did it again. You said analyst. Jay bro, Hobson is now some... a defensive analyst. Oh my god! Anal- three times. <laughs> that was better analyst. that time. 
analyst, analyst, analyst. That's what oh, I'm fucking saying. Oh my God, someone save this man. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, X Factor on the <laughs> offensive side of the ball, the running back, Frank Gore Jr. I don't really get it. He's been picked as the next great running back in Conference USA. I don't really see it yet. He had a pretty good freshman year for the Golden Eagles, but I just don't understand the hype. I don't. Th- if his name wasn't Frank Gore Jr., he would not be getting this level of hype. Right. Um, right. But he he only ran the ball 121 times last year, but he was good. And if by this point in the season, if he's still looking like the next top of Conference USA running back in the second last game of the season, then we should be afraid of him. But I'm kind of cooling the Jets on him, but I'm still picking him as an X factor because we'll have to see his performance leading up to this game. Yeah, and over on the defensive side of the ball, um, their linebacking core returns most of their production, and a guy named Hayes Maples was the uh, leading tackler on the team last year with 91. Um, That was up towards the top echelon of the conference as well, so um, he will uh, be an X-factor on that side of the ball for them. And then finally, last game of the season, Louisiana Tech plays the Rice Owls. The last time they played in 2020, Tech came away the victors in a 23-20 game to extend their win streak to six games, a streak that I want to keep betting against until I'm eventually right. Um, all time against the Owls, Tech is 9-4, and four, and the Owls went 2-3 and three last year. And they really went 2-3 and three because their offense was bad and their defense yeah. was all, yeah. probably better than UAB. And if they figure out their offense, uh. I think they've got it down packed. Better than UAB. I don't know. I don't know about that. UAB was seventh and thirty-fifth and twenty-sixth, and Rice was twenty-sixth and pass, fortieth in rush, and twelfth. So they allowed fewer points, but they allowed more yards in both categories. So you win um, the games by scoring more points than your opponent. All right, yeah, Magic that's Johnson. fair enough, and that's something that they didn't really do much of, right? Yeah, the scoring the points was the issue. The the keeping the other team off the scoreboard was where they succeeded. Because yeah, they only allow they only gained four point seven five yards per play on offense, eighty first best passing offense, one hundred tenth best rushing offense for a total of twenty three point four points per game. That's 99th in the country last year. Um, we'll go to X factors in a second, but the transfer quarterback they got coming in, yeah, he may be the reason why some of this changes. But they're also losing someone on defense. But you want to go through those defensive numbers before we talk about who they add and subtract. Yeah, like I said, I mean they're they're right around UAB's numbers, two hundred and eight or geez, two hundred point eight passing yards per game, twenty-sixth in the nation, hundred and forty-one rushing yards per game, which is fortieth, and then eighteen point eight points per game allowed, twelfth in the nation. So Oof. um like I said, pretty pretty decent. Um, you know, and it sucks that we have two defenses of that caliber on our side of the conference, let alone in the conference with us, but um yeah, right. I mean, Rice is better than they have been. I'll say that, but I still don't know if I'm on Nathan's uh, crusade of Tech is going to lose to Rice. Yeah, I'm about to up my ante with the crusade because I think the winner of this game wins the Kusa West in the final wow. week of the year. Wow. Uh, I don't buy and that. I say that with Rice losing, who probably would have been their defensive X factor, Blaze Aldridge. He was the linebacker who was really the heart and soul of this defense last year. And so I'm not really ready to pick a defensive X-Factor because just that guy's absence means a lot. And so part of my picking them to be a possible Kusa West contender is them being able to replace him and even expand on that uh, that that 12th best defensive ranking. 
Um, so yeah, I don't really have a guy here for for X Factor for defensive, but just the loss of Blaze Aldridge is going to be huge for the Owls. Yeah, but over on the offensive side of the ball, they did add a transfer quarterback, uh, Luke McCaffrey. Which, if that name sounds familiar, it's because it is Christian McCaffrey's younger brother. Um, he will be their quarterback moving forward. Yeah, and so that's our schedule. We'll do our predictions in a few weeks. But last week I felt really optimistic, and then coming into this week with some of the teams that we're playing, I feel a little more downtrodden. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know about y'all. That we've been sitting here talking for an hour and a half, and I'm getting attacked for the way that I pronounce the word analyst. Apparently, um, well, he, this man is. I don't understand. <laughs> Neither do we. Anyway, let's go to the tweet of the week. We have one of those this week. This week's tweet of the week goes to Charmillionaire. Our boy. Whose tweet just said, dot at GoTech, please don't die. But it's a picture of the new UAB stadium, their new protective, sponsored by a company called Protective Stadium. It says, tag your future Kiss Cam partner. And he tagged us, and we feel special. Thank you. Yeah. But also, fuck you. Put, put your money where your mouth is, Dave. Let's go. Put your mouth where your money <laughs> put is? Your, put your mouth where your analyst is. <laughs> I'm going to record myself saying analyst a bunch of times. There's no sense. You have this whole podcast. Yeah, you just listen back to it. But yeah, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog, where we had one post up last week, and we'll have another one up this week. But the depressing post came out last week. The hopefully uplifting one will come up this week on Friday. Again, that blog is gtpdd.dog. That's dot D-O-G. Also on that blog next week, so next Wednesday, will be the launch of the GoTech Please Don't Die store on the website. We'll have some t-shirts and other things along those lines there. It'd be great if you could help support and buy one of those. Hopefully we'll have some designs that people will like and not just to feed my ego. Um, Again, that's gtpdd.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Here's my chance. My favorite line from Soldier Boys 2011 <laughs> hit, Speakers Going Hammer. Ice game, yeah. cold as a polar burr. Sun hit my chain, watch it make a solo flur. And that is my favorite line from that song. Okay, continue. Uh, do we really want uh-huh. to? <laughs> my favorite Soldier Boy line in anything is I just got a new dill. I ain't talking pickle. I'm outside <laughs> the cell while you other rappers just sickle. <laughs> Soldier Boy is Superman, the hip-hop hero. He's sucking all on my body. Call her Mosquito. The cheese is, <laughs> the cheese is all on me, just like a Dorito. I can keep going. The uh, disrespect, <laughs> and you get shot like a free throw. I go hard, never, ever go soft. Always swag on, never, ever swag off. <laughs> Greatest rapper of the century. Got more bars than a fucking penitentiary. Ever since elementary, oh blueberry kush, I call it fruit roll up. And when I wake up, I be bacon like soda. My pockets fat like my jeans <laughs> made by Oprah. <laughs> in your sister honor, in your sister's room on her wall is my poster. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
I don't know the rest. 